What's it like when you're stressed? Can you tell the difference between being just a little stressed and being entirely overwhelmed? How do you manage that? Would you like to improve the way that you cope with your stress? If that answer is yes, then you're exactly where you need to be. Hi, I'm Dr. Shana. I'm a mental health counselor, educator, and advocate, and I would like to wish you a very warm welcome to the mental wellness practice. In this episode, we will be talking about what stress is, we'll explore the mind-body connection, note symptoms and dangers of stress, and emphasize key tips for stress management. At the end of the episode, I'll share three activities to help you infuse those very tips into your mental wellness practice. Remember, this podcast is for informational purposes only. And if you're struggling with a mental health problem, please seek professional help. For more information, you can find me at drshana.com or on Instagram at drshana. Thanks for learning and growing with me. Let's talk numbers for a moment. According to a Gallup poll, about one in eight Americans say that they frequently experience stress. 4% say that they never do. If this is you, by the way, please send me a message. I have some questions for you. In a 2018 survey by the Mental Health Foundation of almost 5,000 participants, 74% reported being so stressed that they felt overwhelmed or unable to cope. Two-thirds of participants in the American Psychological Association's annual Stress in America survey report increased stress from the pandemic. I could go on and on. There isn't a lack of data to highlight that stress is a common and growing problem. It creates a slippery slope from mental wellness to illness, and it affects us all at one time or another. Many of us are ill-equipped to manage. I'm hoping by the end of our time together that that gap begins to close for you. So let's take a step back and make sure we're on the same page. What exactly is stress? You can add that into the reflections that you started out with at the beginning of the episode. How would you define it? I'll share the perspective that we'll be using today and see if that does align with what you came up with. Stress is what we experience when pressure affects our equilibrium. In episode one, we explored the dimensions of wellness and stress can arise in any of those. Some of the most challenging stresses actually affect several areas of our well-being at one time. From a mental health perspective, stress can be distracting, obstruct our memory, hinder our ability to focus influence our emotions, shift our perceptions, impede in our ability to learn, change our behaviors, stand in the way of our empathy, communication, and connection. And ultimately, it can threaten the quality of our life and our survival. I don't want to go on and on and spend the rest of our time about how horrible stress is. I have the feeling I've made my point. And I also know that for many of you, I didn't need to prove how dangerous stress can be. Some of you know that all too well. You've seen it. Perhaps you've experienced it. So let's flip the script. Here are three considerations that can help you improve your stress management. I'm going to explain them first and know that even that mindset shift, if you're willing to adopt it, 
can be helpful, but hang tight because after I explain them, I'm going to share some practical tips too. Stress gets such a negative association. And I understand a lot of stressors are really challenging, but it isn't all bad. The right dose of stress in the right context can actually be a welcome challenge. Beyond challenge might be a welcome change experience. And there's a lot of pleasant emotions that can come out of that too, that are great to cultivate mental wellness. There are many times that change happens in our lives that we wish for, and that still can come with its own dose of stress. Our ability to see this truth is what makes the difference. Let's say you're getting married. That's a pretty big change. There's lots of minutia within that, things to organize, plan, purchase, and so on. It's easy to get caught up in that whirlwind of all you have to do and slip into overwhelm. But if you give yourself the space to pause and reflect, you can realize that what seems like a large mountain can actually be divided. Yes, I have to make this guest list. And the idea of having our loved ones to celebrate this special day is actually a pressure worth having. I'm not trying to minimize the stresses of differences of opinion of the guest list, budget requirements, all of that. I'm just trying to help you see that these can be separated. There is a distinction between what we call distress, and that's usually what we see synonymously with just stress, that negative aspect, the challenges, the ones that are such tremendous pressure that there isn't a solid ratio of our abilities to the pressure at hand. But there's a distinction between that distress and eustress. That's the situation in which in the present context, we recognize that there's a pressure, but we also recognize the wider context, including our ability to handle that stress. I think about this a lot when it comes to athletes, especially like star athletes, Olympians, right? There's a tremendous amount of stress, lots of times physical, but more than that too, right? Mental, financial, social, lots of stresses there. But if you have trained time and time again throughout your life, but also in this present phase of life, then there is more of an adaptability to handle that stress. And a lot of it can be youth stress, positive stress. If we don't make the distinction to distract positive stress, our body, our mind included, will interpret the stress and ring alarm. So it's important for us to know that not all stress is bad. And actually, it's some dose of stress. It's quite good for us. Stress is a normal part of our lives. It's inevitable at one time or the other. With that being said, we should take all coping seriously. It's not always the stress that's the problem. It's how we respond to it. For lots of people, stress is treated like that whack-a-mole carnival game. Um, I'm not really sure if that analogy holds up. Hmm. Maybe mm, Temple Run, Fruit Ninja. Gosh, those are dated too. 
I don't know. Okay. Hopefully between the three, you understand what I'm saying. Stress. We're just waiting for it to hop out, come out at us, and we're going to tackle it only when it pops up. But if we think about the definition of stress, that pressure that affects our equilibrium and the widened scope of what that could be, whether it's change that's welcome or not, it's going to happen. It's just a part of being human. Knowing that stress is inevitable can seem daunting when you first sit with it, but when it sinks in, it offers you an entire realm of proactivity and prevention that you wouldn't have been able to access otherwise. If we integrate this into our mindset and our wider social culture, it can actually be less stressful. Now, I know that seems a little counterintuitive, but let me try this example. If you don't tend to your oral hygiene, we can all pretty much agree that problems will develop. So we integrate these daily practices, brushing, flossing, mouthwash, et cetera, et cetera, to prevent those problems. Every day, multiple times a day. Now, it seems tedious when we start to break it down that way, but it's really meaningful, really important, integral to our health. So we split it up proactivity, pro whoa, what is that word? Proactively. I think I was trying to combine words. My brain does that sometimes. Anyway, we split it up proactively. <laughs> I did it. And then we don't really realize that it's a lot of coping that we're doing to prevent this bigger stress at the end of the day. So at the end of the episode, we're going to explore some practical ways for you to integrate the same approach, not just for your teeth and your oral hygiene, but for your mental wellness. The mind body connection. You ever notice when you say something that feels phony for you, it doesn't jive with who you are, what you believe in, how you speak feels weird when it comes out of your mouth. Has that ever happened to you? It happens to me all the time. I think I mentioned to you in episode two that that was happening to me when I had to force myself to say the words, people who attend therapy are crazy. You can hear the force in my voice right now. And saying mind-body connection is kind of like that for me sometimes. Probably not as hard as saying the, the latter, but the latter. See, I'm trying to avoid having to repeat it. But saying mind-body connection feels weird for me. I always find it a little funny that we talk about the mind-body connection as if it's this novel bridge that we need to build. Considering the mind-body connection is often out of the norm for lots of people, and it's presented as this wellness hack. I'm a visual person, so when I think about this phrase, I see a brain I see a body and I see a plus sign in between. The brain is in the body after all. So why do we segregate it in the first place? Yes, I get it. We're trying to emphasize the connection between the two, but why are we emphasizing the connection at all? Why don't we just accept that they are 
intertwined, right? The brain is a part of the body. So instead of highlighting the connection, just saying the mind is important because it's a part of the body. So to be clear, I do value understanding the relationship between mental and physical well-being. I just see it more as nestled in, interwoven, hard to really separate. I think a lot of times when we're talking about mind and body, what we're actually talking about is all mind separately, all body separately. And again, that bridge, like we're trying to tie something together. You don't have to tie my brain to my body. It was born that way. It's in, it's in there already. So let's just highlight something that historically we have ignored. So with this mind as a part of the body perspective, it's no surprise that stress, even when not from a physical pressure, like a virus still surfaces in the body. Chronic stress in particular can show up in the body and lead to digestive issues, weight gain or loss, sleep problems, headaches, muscle tension or pain, high blood pressure, heart problems, stroke, and it can suppress our immune system, thus making us more susceptible to illness overall. Because of the mind-body separation that we're so used to, that devaluing of mental health and hyper-focusing on physical health, when these symptoms surface, or even when we exacerbate these symptoms and because of a physical problem, we only really think about a physical solution. And I get that. It makes logical sense. These are physical symptoms. There must be a physical solution. And many times I do believe that can be the case. But again, the mind is a part of our bodies. So we shouldn't rule it out as an influence. We shouldn't rule it out as a part of what's influencing the stress. And even if the source or sources are truly physical, going towards minimizing our mental stressors can only be helpful. I wish I could tell you the amount of times that I've sat with disheartened, overwhelmed people in my office, exploring that they're on their last hope to figure out their medical problems. They've had test after test, scan after scan, often with no clear diagnosis or change over time. And in these situations, I'm often hopeful and optimistic that they're beginning to see the link that is presented as a newfound mind-body connection. They're starting to value that the mind may have a role in the body that it lives in. And I'm hopeful and optimistic in those situations because I think that's some really meaningful work. I still think, and I want to emphasize this again, I truly believe that there are situations that there can be a physical stress on the body, truly from a physical source. And even if that's the case, even if it has a physical source and not a mental health source, that leaning into mental wellness can only help our physical well-being. And if that's confusing, you might want to go back to episode one, where we talk about the integrated model of wellness and how one area of wellness can help another. Now, 
going back to the situation that I'm often faced with in the office, I often hear it's all in my head. Let's take a step back. This phrase comes up because we don't value mental health. It insinuates that you imagined issues and that you want a problem. Now, I know that there are diagnoses that this does apply, but a majority of the time, these are concerns that are valid. And all it means is that you're living with a problem that you need help with. Mental symptoms, physical symptoms. You probably have symptoms in your other areas of wellness too. If we want to equip ourselves to better handle stress, we have to value and respect mental wellness. Now that we have explored these three key considerations to help you better manage stress, it's time to explore some activities. But first, I want to remind you that the reflections in and of themselves, the ones that we started with at the top of the episode, that is, and the reflections that you've thought of throughout the episode, that's an activity in and of itself. Giving yourself the space to think about these considerations and how they have shown up for you in your life, most notably how they have affected your stress and your ability to manage your stress, that also is a part of how you can make this more integrated in your world. But here are some other things that you can do in addition to those. Definitely don't want to minimize them because reflection is such an important part of it. Let's talk about the mind-body reconnection. At the top of the episode, you reflected on what stress looks like for you. And later we reminded ourselves that the mind is a part of the body. With that refreshed perspective, make a list of the signs that you know that show up for you when you're stressed. When you do that, notice which signs are coming up that might pertain more to physical health, mental health, or again, you can reference those other dimensions of wellness that you explored in episode one. You can set that task aside and in a moment we'll return to it. Activity number two, sourcing your stressors. Stressors are where your stress comes from. It's counterintuitive to think about it, but it's empowering to know what they are in order to take action and cope. So let's not go too broad. Let's just think about the last week. What are some stressors that you have experienced within this past calendar week? You may notice that some were random and you couldn't really do much for them. But even for those random ones, how did you manage after? Knowing that that type of stressor could appear at another time, what could you do in the future? But I would really like for you to emphasize the more common stressors. So perhaps these are stressors that came up on the day-to-day, but even if you were to expand the range and think about the week prior, would you notice a pattern? The areas that there are patterns are the areas that we can lean into more to better stress manage. Say, for example, you notice you are getting stressed before an important call, a presentation, or a date. Knowing what your stressors are can then help you understand how to better manage them. Now remember, not all stress is bad. So as you notice your stressors, 
see where they lie on the spectrum of distress to eustress. This is different from person to person and context matters too. How you answer that now may have looked different from you in the past and it may look different from you in the future. Earlier, I used an example of wedding planning. To one person who has been saving for their wedding since date one, who are, who's firm in their boundaries, they may find that more of a positive stress than someone who's tiptoeing into debt and has this grandiose dream of this lavish fairy tale wedding. You could see the difference there. Knowing the context and what it means for you, very important. I could go on and on about methods to improve coping. A lot of that has actually become the cornerstone of my work. If you're eager to delve into more of this, you may want to check out the self-love workbook, which I've linked in the show notes. This is also just the beginning for us. Be sure to subscribe because next week we are going to be building on this lesson in stress by exploring self-care. Thank you for learning and growing with me, and I'll see you soon in the mental wellness practice.